For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carathy invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care, provides trustworthy, kind-hearted, Senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. All right. Well, I am so happy to be here. When you're, if you're listening in, we're just so grateful that you're with us. I'm, I'm excited, Anna Crafty Pierce, to welcome you to the show. Hi, Mom. It's good to be here. Hey, and we've got such a fun topic today. I don't even know where to begin. We have so much to talk about. I have my piles of books ready. You can start anywhere you'd like. (laughs) Okay. We're doing this series on reading, and it's just been so fun because Anna and I are both huge book nerds. We're word nerds. I mean, we get excited about grammar. I I know that's just hard to even imagine, but it's still true. We also like to have a lot of fun with our, especially with the little ones in the family. So we have on our topic today, pajama parties and bedtime stories and games. We want to talk about how those three topics, items can be part of what you do to encourage your child to read because reading should be fun. That's our theory. So on a pajama parties, do you want to, do you have a story? Do you want to start with something there? Well, I wasn't actually, I, I don't have a good pajama, all my pajama story parties involve like our cousins and the silly things we did during pajama. It's less about reading and more about silly adventures. <laughs> do, you, do you remember there the is... time we put rollers in all their hair and took them to Starbucks? Oh, <laughs> no, I forgot about that in our pajamas. Isn't that awesome? We just thought they needed yeah. a happy, hilarious memory as they were preteens. And we were helping out my aunt, your sister, like just so that. So that she would seem so normal compared to what they did at their cousins' houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oh. funny. Yeah, the sure way to make the mom feel and seem normal to her children is to send them over to the fun aunt and the fun the cousins' crazy house. Aunt house. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot we did that. That is so funny. But, yeah, there's something but, about wearing pajamas and going to get donuts too. We used to do that in college, and and it was so you know, fun at night. When normally you're asleep, but you're still up, your brain, I swear the wiring changes a little and your brain is receptive and your inhibitions are a little lower. And so you have the giggles happen more naturally late at night. But as far as bedtime stories go, I really think you guys did a marvelous job of telling us stories that led to reading. 
even the things you made up for us when we were little, which a lot of them had morals. Looking back, I realized you were doing lots of things with our stories. But we used to yeah. beg you. For, they were almost like episodes. And I'm sure you laid there as you tried to tell them to us and thought, what is this character going to do next? I have no idea. But there was, a, there was one that I still remember vividly about um, bears and probably princesses. I don't know if there were princesses, but they were little girls, naturally, since it was Ellen and I. <laughs> and and the, these bears and these little girls had all sorts of adventures. I wonder if Ellen remembers it. And you just made them on the spot, I guess, and told them to us as we were laying there in bed. I did. I made up a lot of stories for y'all. Yeah, that's why I always say my fiction, fiction writers are really my heroes because I write nonfiction. But someday when I grow up, if I live long enough, I am going to write a fiction story that somebody else will read. You know, I've done that before, and it was so boring. Nobody else in the family even would read my story. So, yeah. I have to. I have to rethink that. Maybe well, I'll write. It's because you didn't have bears. If it had been about bears and little girls, it would have been hugely popular in the family. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Yeah, this is so true. Too bad I didn't record those. I want to read. You recorded um, some though. Yeah, I want to read recordings you did for us. Sorry. I do have recordings somewhere. We'll have to look for them. They're they're on tape. We may have. I'm not sure we can find a tape recorder to un. You know, to unwind them and listen to them. Um, I want to I want to read something. So I picked a, a I like to pick character qualities when you and I talk because it kind of frames our conversation. So as you know, we did liberal uh, a f- not long ago, and we titled that episode. If you're listening in, I really want you to look for this memoirs for kids. Tell your own story. Again, we're just talking about ways you can really encourage your children to think differently about reading and writing and even storytelling. And so we use liberal in that episode, and I defined it in a way that's probably not the most, uh, let me, I'm looking through my stuff here real quick so I can read to you my definition you of liberal. You defined it non-politically. You defined it in a way that is much broader. It well, the traditional way the political arena right now. I mean, nowadays you're either love liberalism or you hate it, but there's like no in between and nobody uses that word anymore except for politics. So yeah. I just wanted to reclaim it. So I we defined it lifelong learning about the generosity of sharing yourself. And then for conservative, I wanted to give us a new definition for that too. really reclaim the old definition. So let me find it. Oh, you're going to love this, Anna. Lifelong learning about how to steward resources wisely to have something wonderful to share. And, you know, it's interesting. We were just talking about those episodes, or they weren't episodes, I guess, those little stories that you recorded. And you recorded them, like there was one for Ellen and I, and then then there were others that were inspired by some of our friends. And they all had, they essentially told a story about a character, a main protagonist, and they were short, and they were in your voice because you just, spoke them into the microphone, but they, they emphasized a strength that was also the character's weakness. And that really plays into that definition of conservatism where you, you take good care of your resources, which your character qualities are, um, also yeah. your education, many things become resources when you think about them, you know, in a broader context. But, um, but those episodes, those stories you told really were about using our resources well, our own characters. Okay, so I got the best quote. I just discovered this lady. If anybody's listening and you happen to know her, will you please send her this podcast? I would love to talk to her and have her on the show. So here's what she said. Her name is 
I'm, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce her name properly, but Pardis or Pardis Sabeti, P-A-R-D-I-S-S-A-B-E-T-I, and her title, which I, this is one reason I fell in love with this woman, the rollerblading rock star scientist of Harvard. She is a genetics and evolutionary biologist. You know, I don't usually quote people I don't know, but when I read her quote, I just wanted it, so I followed up by figuring out who she is and what she does. And so that's a little bit of a, a context for you guys. So here's her quote. My family fled Iran in October 1978 as a result of the coming revolution when I was two years old. In the early days, my entire family lived together in a very crowded house where I shared a room with my sister, cousin, and grandmother and we would all listen to my grandmother tell stories before bedtime. I know. I read that Isn't one. That it to me. It's marvelous. I mean, what a trauma. Uh-huh. And then to have that silver lining come out of that very traumatic, um, really just crisis that they lived through. And yet this beautiful silver lining of hearing her grandmother's stories. And I'm guessing they weren't fiction either. I bet they were, I bet they were real stories from her childhood in I can't say it, but I think it's Iran. Uh, I hear it so, pronounced both ways. I'm going to have to find out which is correct. Do you know? No, but I was thinking about stories. You know, some people get to have their grandparents like that. And we have so many family stories like <laughs> yeah. bathtub prohibition stories that involve hilarious escapades with bathtubs and alcohol. And and we have stories, <laughs> sad stories of, of relatives who went crazy during times of stress and, and stories yeah. of bravery. And cause we know, so we, they got passed down. We have artwork that's gotten passed down. Lots of family yeah. history on your side of the family, but I also love, so we have that. And I think if you have a family where you can ask those people are still alive or you can start it right now, you can start telling your kids the stories of your childhood over and over again until they become war. And it can be yeah. simple. Anna, I, have, I have to interrupt you. We have to go to uh-huh. break already. Can you believe it? Well, what, when okay. we come back, I also want to talk about not just family stories, because that's wonderful, but, but the, the fictional books that you can pick up that you can read to your kids at bedtime that can you can claim. Even though they're not wow. part of your family story, they can be associated for your kids with your family and with the truths you believe. Because okay, you may not have access We're going to be right family. back. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley The number on the gate and the number on the door And the next house over is a grocery store Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations Life-changing conversational adventures Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. 
What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. I'm so sorry we got to talking at that last break, and it was just hard to let go. I want to tell you where you can find more information. It's at Kathy Craffy, so that's C-A-T-H-Y, Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com, where we speak truth with the Texas twang. And I'm very easy to find on the on the Internet. If you just look up Fireside Talk Radio, you will find me and Anna, Anna and I, speaking of grammar. And anyway, we're just so glad to be with you. We're so glad to have you with us. Um, Anna, I read that quote. I wanted to read one more. This is from Red Skelton. Some people may not know who Red Skelton even was, but in my child, he was a very popular comedian and he said any kid will run any errand for you if you ask at bedtime <laughs> I okay I read that quote when you sent it to me earlier today and I immediately turned to my two children you know I have a four and a half year old and a six year old and I said hey pretend like it's bedtime you have to go to bed and let them think about that for a minute you know their little faces fall and I said okay now pretend <laughs> like I gave you an option you got to clean your room or go to bed and it was 50-50. My son was like, he's in bed. He's going to go to sleep. Now, he does like to sleep. And my, <laughs> my daughter looked at me, and I mean, it was hard. She really, really thought about it, and she decided she'd clean up. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. She I would do it, too. To I'd up. much rather stay awake than go to sleep. Uh-huh. She never wants to go to bed. <laughs> but, yeah. okay, so... Bedtime stories, you know, the series that I treasure, I've actually read it to my nieces and nephews at slumber parties at my house, is the Tales of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah. By David oh, and Ken Baines. And it's a trilogy. It's Tales of the Kingdom, Tales of the, Re- the Resistance, and Tales of the Restoration. And they're illustrated. It's one illustration per story. And there are these beautiful little short stories. So there's maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 per volume. And so they're quick reads. You can read one, and then the kids move on to popcorn or, uh, you know, whatever movie you're watching or fingernails, or that's what we love to do with fingernails as kids. But, um, or you can read the whole book to them. And they, they follow each other. Each story is standalone, but there are characters that we threw out, and they all have this beautiful um, sense of really the kingdom of heaven engaged in all the stories. I really like them. I do, too. I love those. I was really glad when you wanted to read them to your children um, and take them home with you. So that's that's that was a, a great resource that we enjoyed when you were little and 
continue to, that, those are stories that grow with you. Karen Maines wrote those. So if you're looking for those, yeah. be sure and watch for them. And uh, speaking of conserving things that we care about, I thought this was interesting. I, I saw the quote and I pulled it and then I read the whole thing and I liked it even better. And I looked to see who wrote it. And so this, you'll be interested to see, I'm not going to tell you up front. I'm going to let you listen and then tell you who wrote it. Conservatism is too often the conservation of the wrong things. Liberalism, a relaxation of discipline. Revolution, a denial of the permanent things. And I just thought that was so insightful. It really applies well to our current modern age. And the person who said it was T.S. Eliot. And it came from page seven. Yeah. Christianity and culture. Yeah. And that was, he was the 1948 Nobel Prize for literature. I just thought that was interesting. I didn't even know he'd won a Nobel Prize. But he was a very influential writer and leader, you know, in the turn of the century or earlier in the century. Not, well, not this century, last century. So in my childhood. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting conserv- conservatism is often is too often the con- conservation of the wrong things. I really thought that was something that I wanted to contemplate a little bit more. Um, I want to while we're talking about things we love and want to save and share with and steward well, I really love family time. And when we were talking about how to present this episode, about bedtime stories and teaching your children to love stories. We also talked about games and how important it is when you're playing a game to know the rules. <coughs> Excuse me, I choked. I think I get so excited about some of these topics, I just choke up. <laughs> so, Anna, I made a list in case anybody's interested. <laughs> I know. Usually I have coffee sitting here. I'm, I'm looking for my coffee. I guess I forgot it today. Okay, so here are some of my favorite games that I love to play with your children or uh, their cousins, my other, all my grandkids. So we love sequence. I keep buying it. Do you know I have three? I have three boxes of sequence at my house now. I can't believe it. I found you know, them. I was look, looking for games one day and I just found them all over the house. You know what I think happened? I think we fell in love with sequence when I was little the first time. Yeah, And then Will struggled so much with his dyslexia, dysgraphia, and he was, he worked so hard to be successful at school, really to his credit and, yeah. and really persevered. But there were a few things that just came naturally to him. And anytime you found one of them, I think you bought it in triplicate. And one of those were some of those games. He well, did I, so well. He would beat the socks off of us anytime. I hardly will play sequence with that man. <laughs> right, I know. Even he now, his strategies never make any possible. sense to me, but he always wins. No, exactly. And okay, it's so like sequence is brain. one of our family favorites. Connect Four. Your kids love that game. Sometimes they don't even yes. get the rules at all, but we just play it with kids' rules, which <laughs> I want to come back to. Drop that. the tokens in. Rummy Cube. <laughs> we like to play Candyland with candy as prizes, and we put stickers all over the board, so you you can land almost anywhere with Candyland and get a Skittle or an M and M. So and then we like clear. extreme spoons, yeah. which we, I know we could talk about that one but all day. We have and to. Then, we have let's to, talk we, about kids' rules because okay, one way you can teach your children to read is by helping them understand their rules to games, and the rules come on a piece of paper or on the box, and you can read them. Yeah. But um, even sequence, Anna, you mentioned the first time we played that game, it wasn't sold in stores, and so somebody brought 
uh, poster boards and cards, and we glued those cards and then and then laminated the board. So we made our own sequence board for the first time. And I was I thinking remember. as we talked, that's really a great exercise if you want to teach children how to sequence their, you know, their numbers and how to what it means when you sh- shuffle a deck and how to put them back in order and how to think about them in order. Even creating your own games is a really excellent way to prepare children to uh, with the skills they need to read. And okay, let's talk about if, kids' if, rules. Yes, and if you're from a family that's creative, and then all of us get beat down by kids' games because any grown-up who's listening who has played more than one round, really it just takes one round of Candyland, understands that that game needs improvement. Children love it, and so you're going to play it a million times, so it ought to be improved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not into sugar, like obviously I am into sugar and potato chips, but if you are not into those things, you could do somersaults. I mean, you could you could let the kid have the pri- fried fruit. Like, we just put yeah, fruit, blueberries, or just tricks. Or you, that kid that lands on we put happy face stickers in all colors on our board, but you could put, whoever lands on a happy face could make somebody else do a trick or say a poem or something. Okay, but so there's start at the beginning for linear thinkers. So what happened was we got bored with Candyland. And so my mom and her genius found colored stickers and you know the little packs for like um like when you'd give a, a garage sale, all the little colored there's like four or five colored dots. And sometimes you find them with smiley faces already on them. And so she matched those colors to the colors uh the space the colored spaces on the board and just let my kids, you know, put the yellow sticker on the yellow square and the blue sticker on the blue square. And they just randomly scatter those on all the different matching colored squares. Now when we play, you draw your card, it says two blues. So you move two blues. And if the blue you land on happens to have a sticker on it, you get to pick a prize, like a piece of candy. Or, and she's saying in another way to play, if you don't want the calories and the sugar, would be to, if you land on a sticker, you get to challenge someone to do something silly. <laughs> I love that. Well, okay, so we first invented kids' rules because it, your grandmother, David's mom, uh, she really loved to have fun with y'all, and she just didn't want it to be burdensome. And so y'all would come home from her house, and there would be all, all these new rules to the games, and I really didn't <laughs> like it very much. <laughs> I like, I'm a rule-abiding person. I, when we play games, I like to win. And I, I don't really want somebody changing the rules, so I don't win. But Grandma was so sweet about it. She always let you kids win. I mean, there were a thousand ways you could escape consequences when Grandmother played with y'all. But, you know, that's the thing about rules. So the point of rules is for there to be a standard of behavior, right, that is yes. of benefit to everyone. It's like common sense, a common sensibility. And so she reinvented the rules but we by golly we knew what they were <laughs> there were well, still rules and they were consistent and they were codified for her house I can't even remember what some of them were but y- y'all would come home and I think well that's a dumb rule who made that rule up <laughs> but it was well, so you kids would not be discouraged while you played so I, I, I well, thought it was and, pretty sweet really wonderful and also they're a benefit to grown-ups like with Candyland the way grandma played it not only did we win but we went one fast so if she had oh. like five rounds with us, they were quick rounds. Oh. Hey, that is <laughs> so smart. It, that makes it, it a lot more fun. It wasn't just about kids winning or not letting the kids, you know, be sad or disappointed. It really helped. It was a benefit to the grown-ups too, to play kids' rules because it meant the game was shorter. 
Oh, right. I forgot about that. Actually, I did like yeah. that about Kids Rules. Uh-huh. So, so if you were willing to, to tongue-in-cheek it a little and say, okay, we'll play Kids Rules, it, it, was, it, it helped everybody all the way around. Okay, I want to I want to talk a little bit about spoons since we're talking about games and bedtime and family time and pajamas, things you can do well, in your pajamas. We have two minutes, so I'm just going to tell this really quick. Okay. We we use spoons. We would pass four of a kind to the little kids sitting next to us, and when the children were old enough, they would figure out what the adults were doing. So as teenagers, they began to like spoons even more because they were controlling who would win the game. And it was really fun to see the little kids realize they had four of a kind and then grab a spoon. And so, so spoons being the card game where you pass cards around and there's one less spoon than there are players and everybody grabs and someone's left without one. But mom, oh, yeah. you realize uh-huh. we have a term for that. We call it reverse cheating because it's oh, cheating for cheating, someone else's right? benefit. I forgot about that. Remember, as kids, we gave it a name. When you reverse cheat, it's cheating for someone else's benefit, generally the youngest player. Yeah. Okay, we have to quit. We're out of time. I know. We have too many other things. I know. I know. Well, I want people to look for that other episode, Memoirs memoirs for Kids, uh, telling your own story and how to be a liberal in the best way and how to be a conservative in the best way. Don't forget, conservatism is... Learning how to steward resources wisely to have something wonderful to share. Don't forget, Truth with a Texas Twang, spoken here, kathycraffy.com. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas Twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fiddle. Got in.